Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Made it out. We do this every uh, every other quarter. We get together. We send information um, to let everybody know that this is a, an intimate time that we spent in leadership development. It's advanced leadership development. And it helps you not just in the church. It helps you at home. It helps you everywhere you go at work and on and on. For those that were here yesterday, were you blessed? Did you get something out of it? Yes. All right. So I'm going to start uh, today, March, the first Sunday of the month, the first Sunday of the month. And that means that we have a new series we're kicking off, a new series we are kicking off. And uh, last uh, month, we covered freedom in his love, freedom in his love. And I hope that you were blessed by that. And I hope that you take those scriptures and that you you take those words with you and that, you know, you make them yours, you apply them and that you continue to grow in your freedom that was paid for. By none other than Jesus Christ himself on the cross. So um, uh, that was last month. This month, we're kicking off order, 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 order in his love. Somebody say, ooh. (laughs) Uh, It's going to get interesting. It's going to get very interesting as we talk on this topic Um, This topic is another one of those doctrinal topics that I want to talk about for our uh, church, for those that consider this to be their home church. I want you to know this about your home church, and I want you to know this about our belief as a community. So um, it's going to get interesting. Um, Are you all ready to get started? Ready to get started? Ready to get started? Uh, Yes. And for our first time guests again, not only is there coffee back there, but we also have water. There's water back there as well. And I think we have paninis and hoagies and no. Okay, our budget our budget doesn't doesn't allow us to have the paninis yet. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. You may you may get a nini. <laughs> it won't be a panini. <laughs> but let us pray. Let's get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the amazing people of this ministry, this community. I thank you, Lord, for the the spirit of freedom in this house. I thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. I thank you, Lord, for the amazing teachings that he has given us so that we can continue to grow, 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 but expand and be the light of the world. So as we share, Lord, what we're going to share, I pray that our hearts be receptive, that, Lord, we be filled with joy, Lord, and gusto, Lord, as we go into the world, Lord, lighten it up on fire for you, Lord, and and not a literal fire, but a spiritual fire, we say. It is in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't want you to leave here today. He said, you heard what he said? He said, light the world on fire. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of fire. Spiritual one. So we're going to, I want to share a, I want to share a principle. And in this principle, this is not necessarily, not just a principle, but it is a God law, a God law. Okay. What I'm going to share with you is a what? God law. I'm going to show with you a God law. And and a God law, if you obey it, then there, are, there is an outcome. But if you don't obey the God law, there too is an outcome. Did you follow that? Everybody got that? Yes. It's a God law. Regardless of whether you follow it or you don't, the outcome is yours. It's your choice. 
So I'm going to read out of uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I'm going to the Old Testament. Going to the Old Testament. And I'm going to read this. And in this conversation, I want you to pay close, close attention. Close, close attention to the exchange here, okay? Here we go. Here's the law. Read with me, ready? As long as the earth remains. Let me, there's the timeline. There's the timeline. How long does this last? As long as the earth remains. How long does it last? As long as the earth remains. Okay, so a man can't change it. A church can't change it. This is the timeline. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting. What will there be? Planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Everybody get that? Yes. What is this all about? This scripture establishes a foundational principle that, that I aim to develop very slowly and carefully because I, I want this to stick. I want this to really, really stick for years to come in your life. As, as you apply this principle in every aspect of your life, in every aspect of your life. Now, I'm going to tell you that the first two weeks, first two weeks, I'm going to be focusing on laying out all of the pieces of this principle. And then the last two Sundays, I'm going to hone in and I'm going to focus and wrap things up on the topic of, for if you've been in this church now for, uh, we're going on seven years seven years, you know that um, I think I've probably taught on this topic. Never. And I'm going to talk on it. And we're going to talk on generosity. We're going to talk on giving. We're going to talk about the principle of tithing. I want to teach the church about tithing. Did you hear that? Okay. Now, I'm going to hone in and I, 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 I want to give you these calls of action towards the end of the month. Just so that you're ready and you're prepared in this series. I'm going to, I'm going to be talking about this, this, this principle of generosity, offerings. I want to talk about tithing. And, 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 and it's not just tithing or offering or giving, but it's... The tithing and the giving and the generosity of the ones he loves. So that you can expect it. I don't want you to think that you're being ambushed or blindsided. I'm telling you ahead. I'm telling you ahead. All right. So if you're going to go to the beach, that might be one of the Sundays you might want to go. But I, I want to talk on this. And the reason I want to talk on this, I was talking to, I was talking to Rebecca and, and, and Rebecca said to me in our conversation and Rebecca, as we had our business meeting uh, a few months back, uh, I was talking to Rebecca. Rebecca is a treasure here in the church. And she was moved in tears because she said, if we don't teach the subject, the people won't know. And if we don't teach the people, then they don't know. And we're actually hurting the people. It's hurting the people. So I thought about that a little uh, and I said, you know what? I want to talk on this topic, but I want to talk. I want to talk from a place of love. 
I never want you to feel that you are controlled, manipulated, or you're being coerced. That's not our heart. That's not who we are. For those that have been here from the inception of this ministry, you know, you know how we grow. So the reason I'm going to talk on this topic isn't out of need or out of fear, but it's out of love. It's out of what? And it's love for you. It's a love for your family. But most importantly, it's love for the generation that comes behind you. I promise and I'm going to give you my word that you're going to be inspired. You're you're going to be inspired. You're, You're going to be blessed. More importantly, your life will never be the same. If you hone in, if you if you if you if you listen to this and and you listen uh, carefully and apply it into your life. So in Genesis chapter eight, verse 22, we read a very rich truth of God. And God isn't just our heavenly father, but he is the creator of our bodies. He is the creator of our life. He is the creator of the universe. He is the creator of all things alive. No amen for that. Amen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> so as Christians understanding this principle early, if you're understanding this principle early, it's going to be paramount for you. Uh, as, a, as a believer, this principle is going to uh, dictate the outcome of your quality of life here on earth without having an impact on your eternal outcome. And this is going to be the difference what you're going to hear in this church from probably what you have heard in other churches. Many other churches that teach that if you don't give it and you don't give a tithe, you'll go to hell. And there's going to be a curse over you. <sighs> you know, all of this stuff. And I'm here to tell you, nah, that's not true. That's not even biblical. I'm the first to tell you, no, that's not true. That's not biblical. And this is why I'm going to spend a whole month developing this topic. Why? Because your giving, your generosity, your tithing has an impact for your here and now, right now, during this time. But it has nothing to do with your eternal purpose. All right. So whether you're saved, if you give, you're saved. And if you don't give, you're saved. Did you hear that? All right. Okay. Try to take that to other churches. You're going to find some conflict. What do you mean? So so I want to to talk on this. Before I I talk about the giving portion, the generosity, or the practice of giving a tithe, I want to lay out all of these pieces so that you can understand the why instead of the how. You go to many ministries, they'll probably take you to a back room and immediately they'll give you the how you do it, how you do it, how you do it. Well, I want to tell you about the why you do what you do. Why I've been doing this for this long. In good times and in bad times, this is why I do what I do. So I want to share this with you. And um, uh, also I'm here to tell you that if you find in your heart of hearts that this church or this establishment, this place is not a place where you feel that God is leading you, right, in your giving and your generosity and in your tithing. I would tell you, give it somewhere else. Just give it somewhere else. And I don't know if Rebecca don't want me want to hear me saying that, but I would tell you, give it somewhere else. Give it somewhere else. If you have a problem with that, give it somewhere else. But you have to practice this principle. And I want to teach you the why. So the verse that we read out of 8, uh, verse 22, it catches Noah and his family 
post the great flood. This is after the great flood. Literally, this flood came as a result of wrath. The flood comes as a result of judgment against evil, against a people that had blatantly rejected God. That's what the flood was about. In Noah, the man, God saw a heart that was righteous before God. We're going to read out of chapter 6, verse 9. We're going to read this together. This is the account of Noah, Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. In fact, he was the only blameless person. Let me stop there. Notice that the account is about Noah and what? But who is blameless? Noah. So what, the, what, what does that say about the family? All right, I hope you're following that already. I, I'm telling you, this is going to jack you up. This, this, is going to, this, is, this is going to bless your lives so much as you learn this principle. For the young people that are in college, man, you, if you set this up early in your life, early in your life, this is a law. 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 If you practice this, there is an outcome attached to this law. There's an outcome attached to this law. I'm going to teach you this. And so, so it was the only blameless person living on earth at that time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Can you imagine the level of corruption that must have existed for only there to be one blameless person on all earth? Jeez, you think things are bad now? No, seriously, think about it. Have you said to yourself, man, stuff, stuff, I mean, stuff is bad out there. Anybody? Anybody? It's just like, yo, it is bad out there. We must be living in the last days. Think about how corrupt the earth was before the flood. That is saying that there was only one man that was righteous and blameless on all the earth. Wow. Wow. That means if I would have been there. There would have been still one. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, let's go. But God summons, God summons Noah to build this boat and to save himself and his family. He's saving, he's gonna save himself and his family. Fathers, I'm here to tell you the reason you get your butt to church on Sunday is to save yourself and your family. All right? Don't leave no one behind and show up on time. I'm just gonna stop it, stop it, stop it. Because you can have good intentions to save your family, but that door closed at a certain time. All right, so God summons Noah, and 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 he wanted, and, and but the 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 invitation was open for everyone. But it was just Noah and his family and specific animals of every species that were included in this grand plan. So after 40 days, after 40 nights, this, this, this boat, this ark is aimlessly floating around and Noah finally lands and he and his family are saved. Genesis chapter 8 verses 18 to 21. I want to pick up the story here. Let's go with me. So Noah 
his wife, his sons, and their wives left the boat. Now, you guys got all the characters? Everybody got all the characters? Okay? No one? Emily, Emily, it's not, I don't care if you last Sunday. (laughs) So it's Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives left the boat. You know, that boat represents a place of salvation. And, and, And salvation is not just for mom, and salvation is not just for dad. Salvation is not just for grandmom or granddad. Salvation is for the entire family. Man, we, 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 we ought to have this urgency and this eagerness in our lives to see all of our homes saved. All of our homes saved. It's not enough. It's not enough for you to come to church, stomp your feet, clap your hands, and, and think about self, 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 self. But you got to look around all of the parameter, all around you, and think about who around me, who around me is at risk of being lost. And, and let's get busy. Let's, let's work. And he says that they all have to vote next. And all of the large and small animals and the birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah, he built a what? The very first thing he does immediately after his salvation is to build a place of consecration, a place that he is going to present and give to his heavenly father. So he builds an altar to the Lord and where? 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 Where's the there? Where's the there? Where's the there? You're going to think differently about your giving. You're going to think give you're going to think differently about your offering. You're going to think differently about giving a tithe. And he said and an altar to the Lord, and there he did what? Sacrifice. He sacrificed as burnt offerings the animal and birds that had been approved. that had been approved. approved. That means that means if something is being approved, there is something that's what? It's not approved. Or it's stuff that he doesn't approve of. And he approved it for that purpose. For the purpose of what? For the purpose of what? Onto who? Yeah. See, we've gone through life thinking that we we dictate the terms of what we do that God approves of. And when we give onto God money, time, and service, because let me tell you, it's not just about money. It's not just about time, but service. We don't give according to our standard, our preference, or not all, uh, we don't even give into our conveniences. We give according to God's approval. Now, Noah didn't give how Noah wanted to give. Noah gave how God wanted Noah to give. Good. One person says, amen. Hey, I get it. This is not an easy message. I know it's not. So, see, because of the how Noah gave... Not because of what he gave, but the how he gave. Not because of the why he gave, but because of how he gave. Noah drew God to him. So then we 
appease God in our giving, Pastor, is what you're saying? Nope. Or on what we get? Nope. That's not what I'm saying. Let's go to verse 21. And the Lord was what? Pleased. The Lord was what? Pleased. The Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. And he said to himself, this is what he said to himself. I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Wow. Wow. What, what? Is there more? Even though everything they think or imagine is what? Bent toward evil. From? Yeah, you think your child is innocent. Not my child, not my son, not my daughter. God said they're evil. This is why we're training them in the way that they should go. You have to understand these principles. You have to understand this stuff. You have to stand that your children are not immune to the attacks of the enemy. Well, you got to be careful where you take your children, where you take your spirit, and where you take yourself, and where you take your family to be fed and poured into. Amen. All right. Pastor, behave. He said, I will never again destroy all living things. You know, and there are churches in this time that are sending people and it's this, 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 this calamity and they're, they're, they scare the people of what's going to happen and how the earth is going to end and end. And God made a promise of how things were going to happen. You have to read with Holy Spirit wisdom and knowledge as, as you're understanding these things. Noah gave according to what was approved. Someone say approved. Noah gave according to what was approved by God in his giving. His giving was in step with what pleased God with a specific purpose. Noah's gift was fuel specified to the order that God established. Noah gives according to God's order. And we're going to be focusing on this for a little while. As a result of the obedience to what God orders, an outcome follows for one person and for their generations to follow. Becky and I needed a car. In fact, we needed a better car. We had a we had a we had a car that it belonged to my mom, and before she passed away, I inherited the car. And, um, and we needed this new car because um, we do weddings. I do a lot of weddings and funerals. And, um, you know, funerals are a hoot when you are the car that's leading the procession. And all behind you, your smoke and exhaust covers everyone else that's behind you. So it really makes a funeral sadder. So, uh, so Becky and I, and, and, and not only that, but our... our my, my personal mechanic who fixes our car said, hey, man, you got to stop bringing this car to me. Hey, hey, there's just no hope for this car. Kill that car. Take it somewhere. Take it to the, just kill that car, but stop bringing me that car. <laughs> so when the mechanic is telling you, 
there's no more that I could do for this car. It was time. So we're trying to get this car. We, so so we, we have to get a car. And, and well, Becky and I, we went real flashy. We went real, real flashy. So we got a car and we found one that was within our budget, was within our means. And, and, and so we went for it. It was a 2000, it's still, it's 2013 Acura MDX. Right? Okay? Yeah. It's flashy. Your pastor sure is flashy. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we drove home the first week and we were impressed. Oh, baby, you feel that? You can't even hear that. Whoa, I went over speed bumps and backed up and hit the crevices. And wow, you feel that, baby? The performance was incredible. The second week, we noticed the car sounded a lot different than when we first drove it off the lot. I was suspicious of the dealership. Anybody get like that? Cricket. Cricket. So Becky, I told Becky, I, I told Becky as Becky we drove off. They got us. They, they, they got us. I could see the dealership going, got them. You know, got them. So I called the dealership that week and I told them, I told them my grievance. I, I told them um, what was experience, I was experiencing with the car. And the, the gentleman there said, could you explain the symptoms of the car? So I started to describe them over the phone. I said that the car has this obnoxious rattle under the hood. And, and the, uh, the acceleration felt compromised. Hmm, he said, I see. Hmm. Again, I know I, I got this guy. This guy's, I bought a lemon is what I did. He then asked me a very simple question. He said, are you, uh, he said are, are you, sir, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm going to ask you this. He goes, what kind of gasoline did you put into your 2013 Acura MDX? I said, I put some gas. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, what kind of gas? I put gas. Look, a lot of y'all shaking your heads already. He said, yes, I understand, but what kind of gas? You know, the, the pump at the gas station. And he goes, yeah, there's, there's good, there's better, there's best. There's regular, there's premium, there is super. What are you, what are you putting into your car, sir? I said, regular stuff. He said, I'm almost certain, 100% certain that that's where your problem is. See, the manufacturer, the creator of the vehicle, has designed the car to function at peak performance when you fuel it according to the guidelines of the designer. Which is on the gas it's on the gas tank? I ain't read that. <laughs> See, anything outside of what the manufacturer's specifications will compromise the outcome. 
Sure enough, that, that week I fueled my car with the manufacturer's recommendations. Almost five dollars a gallon. Man, that changed my political views quick. All right, stop, stop, stop. The car was back to peak performance. See, we, we now just want, we're happy with the car now. That it's right back to it. But now we're, we're almost thinking about, I think I'm okay with just getting a car that just takes regular gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Becky and I are like, hey, let's get rid of this thing. Uh, forget the peak before. Ah, uh, we're good. <laughs> God is highly pleased when his order is followed in our lives. But the opposite can be said when his order is violated in every aspect of our lives. That includes marriage, parenting, how we conduct ourselves, our finances. Every aspect of our life has to be approved by the manufacturer of our lives. See, your creator made you to function a certain way. This world has a way. Our creator made us to function based on his recommendations. Your outcome in life hinges on how well you follow those recommendations. Many Christians... Go through their life doing good instead of what they should. And they'll never, ever reach their peak performance. They're just good. So he tells us in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. As long as the earth remains. There will be and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Somebody say order. order. There is a rhythm to life. Yes. According to God. Oh yeah. See Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, and the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. And then God says to himself, I'm never going to curse the ground again because of human race. I'm not going to do that. See, Noah's obedience to this rhythm of how God wanted things done moved the heart of God. Not just on him, but on Noah, his family, and his children. Noah followed the order that God required as the creator and the designer, and then he said, I am pleased with him. God didn't make machines. I want you to know that about yourself. You're not a machine. You're not a puppet. You and I have been given the divine gift of free will. It's a divine gift, free will. 
Regardless of any of your inclinations, your social or economic status, your political views, your family lineage, all mankind, all humanity has a gift that separates us from animals. A gift that separates us from the rest of God's creation. This is a gift called free will. Free will. Free will is the part of us that says in a nutshell, I can follow God and his order or I am my own God and I follow my order. And God is okay with both. You think you're hurting God? Free will says, I choose my outcome. Animals follow a natural instinct. What does that mean? An instinct, it means a natural or intuitive way of acting or thinking. It is an innate, an innate reaction, typically fixed pattern or behavior in animals in response to what stimulates them. Humanity walks on the face of earth fully, fully absolved of all of the ability to be bound by any and all forms of instinct. We function on free will. Though we all experience the human instinct of fear. How we choose to react to fear is your choice. All of us. All of us. All of our family... Uh, I, I said that my son gifted us a, a, a pool and, and my daughter-in-law gifted us a pool and all of us get together as a family. We all jump in this pool. We have the greatest, greatest time together except David. <laughs> he refuses to jump in. He just refuses to jump in. We've tried. We've tried. He won't even step foot in there. <laughs> How we react to fear How we react to fear is a choice. How we react to anger. It's an answer. We all get angry. All of us get angry. But how we choose to react to the instinct of anger is our choice. All of us have this instinct. Hunger. How we choose to respond to hunger And how many times a day you choose to react to hunger is your choice. See, unlike humans, animals have a predestined reaction to the stimuli of their environment. This is why over and over, you'll see many humans will raise a lion cub. They take the lion cub into their home. They raise it. They love it. They have family pictures and family videos and they love the cub they love the cub they love the cub and then one day the cub eats the owner (laughs) it's not because it's bad it's because it's it's instant see the lion doesn't possess the choice of free will it only knows instant sure it can be trained And that training usually requires a constant external force of what? Like a leash, a whip or something, a cage and forms of rewards and discipline. A human on a leash, a human in a cage is considered inhumane, cruel, 
But for an animal, it's training. Listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says. Today I have given you the choice. Today I have given you what? The choice. Who has the choice? The choice. It's been given to you. This is this is God. He's speaking. And 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 as as and I'll develop the story in the next few weeks. But but listen carefully to these words. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Let me stop there. You see people praying about, Lord, bless me and bless me, Lord. Bless me and bless my home and bless my children. Like, stop. You don't have to pray for blessings. He's giving them. But the choices are yours of how those blessings are going to be drawn to you. Are you getting that? Blessings are drawn to you. You don't necessarily have to pray them down. And he says, blessings and curses, your choice. It's your choice. And he says, between blessings and curses, then he says, now I call on heaven and earth to be the witness. The choice you make. Okay? Next. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and you, you and your descendants might live. Continue. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing your life, yourself firmly to him. This is the, this is, this is the, this is the, you don't got to stop buying books out there from Oprah and Dr. Phil and all of these guys about the key to your life and to your success. Listen, it is right here in his word, the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, why is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob important to be there in written form? It is there in written form so that you and I are constantly reminded that the God we serve is a generational God. He is not just your mama's God. He is your God. He is your children's God. He is your grandkids. Are are you understanding this? So what we are doing sets in motion the course, not of my family, but of the generation behind me. Are you getting that? Yes. Take, take a moment to praise God for that. Just take a moment to praise God for that. Are, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are, are you getting this? Okay. The God we serve is a God of order. Somebody say order. order. And this is not a popular message or topic in these weird days that we're living in. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33, just the first part of it says that, that God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. 
everything that God does, God does in in order. Everything. Marriage has an order. The Supreme Court doesn't establish God's order. The Supreme Court establishes this land's order. But God establishes the order for the ones that obey his ways. That's not being politically correct or the other. It's just following God's order. Not just any order, but it is his order. I can't get into senseless arguments. And I don't and I will not. You will not exhaust my time with your opinion, your stance, and what your heart feels is right or wrong. Because it has no weight on my generation. Not your feelings. So I have to follow God's order, God's law. God's supremacy and his sovereignty can be seen in the details of his order all around us. Order matters to God and it pleases him when we submit to his order. That is the biggest thank you, doctor, for that. I appreciate that, doctor. That was that, that support. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. George is in the back. I don't think George likes this order stuff. We got to pray about his heart, man. Something's wrong with that man's heart. That, yeah, yeah, he's, he's out of order. <laughs> order matters to God. Therefore, as children of God, his order must matter to us. I want you to pause for a moment this morning, and I want you to consider, or this afternoon, and consider the outcome of your choices. Just pause for a moment, just to think. The outcome of your choices. Think about it. Just pause. Think about God's order and think about your choices within the confines of his order. Think about the results. Are you performing at peak performance or are you just good? Are you pleased with the outcome of your choices. And, and, and this is not about your feelings. Following God's order will often be sacrificial. Let me say that one more time. Following God's order will many times be sacrificial. Last night there was a fight between uh, Paul was it Paul? Jake Paul. Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. I have family or friends, or I shouldn't have said it that way, but I did already, that are a bit cricket. <laughs> that could have easily given me a code to violate the order 
so that I could watch the fight. <laughs> the ways of God are often sacrificial. So I have to tell myself, am I to please my flesh or am I to please my heavenly father? There will always be an outcome to the choices I make, big or small. Why? Because of the first verse that we read. As long as the earth remains, there is planting and there is sowing. There is planting and there is sowing. As long as the earth remains. Am I performing at God's peak, his expectation for my life? I saw Jemida here. Where's Jemida? Huh? Oh, she's in the back. Jemida is where? We're talking about you. Say something. She's looking around like oh, I think they're on me. But my 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 sister is proof of this. Uh, we have three siblings. I, my dad has. I, I have three siblings, right? My, that's that's. She's the eldest. She's 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 the eldest of. The, she's the, oh, there she is. I have a brother, and of course, I'm the baby, the favorite one of the house. My 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 father has now been gone for about twenty years. Twenty years. Um, he left us very early. My father was only 57 years old when he passed away of renal failure. An amazing man. I love this man. He was a great friend to me. Great mentor. I learned so much. Good, and I learned a lot of bad stuff too. Uh, and because he wasn't perfect. Um, but he was an amazing man. And then my mother, shortly after that, uh, she passed away at 59. My father 57, my father 59. Guys, y'all better pray for me, pastor. Lord <laughs> and, and I bring this up because No matter where I have been in my walk After my dad Here it is Still today I'm still reaping I'm still reaping From the seeds my father planted Even long after he is gone I'm still reaping I'm still reaping. And I reap independent of her and independent of my brother. She can tell you there are times where this is as much as I can do and times get hard and over and over and over, she gets to go and pick from the fruit that her father sold even after he is gone. Why? Because we serve a generational God. It's generational. So the the things that you are doing today are not only going to have an impact for your today, but it's also going to have an impact for your children's tomorrow. Not just them, but even my son now gets to preach and go to different places and minister. Adrian is now in Florida and he's ministering in other places. And everywhere he goes, he too gets to pick from what? The same trees from the same trees that his grandfather sowed. Think about that. That is something to praise God for. 
So as we stand to our feet and, and stop saying to yourself, oh, here he comes. He's going to ask for money. No. It's not what this is about. I want to see you grow and thrive in your life to new and higher heights in all aspects of your life. In all aspects of your life. Close your eyes right there where you are, man. I want you to just think about your, just think about your life and where are you? Where are you? What things, what things in your life are out of order? You know, you're not, in, you're, you're, you're not ignorant. You're not ignorant. And I want you to ask yourself, in my marriage, am I doing things in order? In my parenting, am I doing things in order? How is my home life? Outside of these four walls, how do I conduct myself where I work? Can other people see, see the Christ that I worship and the Christ that I serve and follow in the conduct and the behavior of my life when I go to work, when I'm in my community, wherever I go? Just take a moment right there where you are. Just take a moment just to ask yourself these questions as you are, are just, just sifting, sifting through all of the stuff of your life. And then ask yourself, can it be better? Just ask yourself, can it be better? Can it be better? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.